Hi everyone, my name is Raymond Levy. I'm coming here today and we're going to be discussing another podcast uh, dealing with uh, the area of how is my business or what is my business worth. Today we have uh, Luis Barajona. He is a, a director in charge of business valuation and litigation support and I want to welcome him today in this time with us. Luis, thank you for coming today. Thank you, Raimundo. It's a pleasure to be with you and with all everybody. I am more than delighted to share my experience and, and add my two cents to your, to your questions and inquiries regarding business valuation and business strategy. So more, more than happy to be here with you. So Great. Excellent. You know, Louis, most of our clients, as well as, well as people that uh, call upon our services, um, really what triggers evaluation a lot of times is either mergers and acquisition work or uh, estate tax planning, uh, a gifting uh, process, whether it be an outright gift or, or a Florida limited partnership or a grat or potentially selling their business as well as shareholder disputes. So a lot of times we get these questions uh, what, what do you think uh, or how, how can you, as a valuator, help a business owner in, in, in these areas of, of financial planning or short-term or long-term when it comes to a business valuation? And that's a very good question, uh, Ray, because I've seen in, in so many instances that owners are devoted most of their time, I would say more, almost 100% of their time, to develop business, to, to push revenues, to push sales. And the finance function, I mean, the financial planning, the budgeting, is not um, very well developed. So the business, a business valuation and, and me as a professional can help them out to prepare their projections, their budgets for the year, for the following year, uh, prepare their financial plans in terms of you know, revenues, expenses. We can review expenses and we can identify those expenses that are non business related that they can rationalize, meaning they can cut some costs and get better profitability. And also we can help them out in terms of what would be the impact of income tax or the, the future income tax uh, laws that they, they may be in, in, in environment right now. Another important aspect that we can help them out is with a scenario analysis in terms of is there going to be some situation in which the company will be going through a strainful or a stressful situation or is the company are there any markets that they can be developing much better much easier so we can develop those uh, scenario analysis in terms of their financial plans i think that's one of the biggest uh, assets and, and contributions that a business valuation can bring to any owner how how would you say because this is an issue that i guess as as a director of taxation myself uh, you know, we find uh, clients uh, running the kitchen sink through the business. How, how does this affect the work that you normally do in evaluation? We, that's why one important aspect that we have to review are those expenses that, you know, are non-business related that we need to um, normalize. It's called normalize or adjust in, in terms of are these, uh, are these necessary for the business or not? I've seen it in so many instances and in so many countries when we were doing valuations in Peru or in Mexico or here in the U.S. that business owners, they run some expenses through the business and 
apparently the business is not as profitable as it, as it's, it seems to be. So we help them out and say, what is the real profitability of my business without all these non-business related, related uh, expenses or these family things, uh, family expenses that are, are run through the business. No? Uh, and, and has it been your experience that, that as a buyer that you're coming in to acquire a new business and, and knowing that the seller is going to be selling, besides normalizing the expenses, um, do you do any type of, of normalization of revenue recognition or um, earnings uh, feasibility and whether they're consistent and, and applied throughout the entire years and months? The answer is yes, we can do some uh, revenue recognition adjustments. And, and remember, if I, am, if I want to sell my business at some point and the buyer sees all these, um, let's say, idiosyncrasies in my financial results, then he will put a, ball, a low value. He will go into low ball uh, his pricing. A different uh, animal would be if we present the financials very clean with you know the proper accounting for revenue recognition, the proper accounting for expenses, the proper accounting for assets. So that means that we are a stronger company in order to be uh, sold and, we, and, and then we can negotiate probably a higher price. And that has been my experience. When buyers see that there's issues in the accounting, in the accounting uh, information, they usually go very low with their values and their pricing. So as how can you as a valuator then come in and enhance the value of the business, assuming that the owner is uncooperative in normalizing their expenses because they're afraid that this report might end up in the IRS's hands? The, the, the issue and, and, and the important thing that we can do, we can help them out. Our reports are for their use purpose only. So we will not, if, if there are several types of reports that we can provide, but we can do uh, something that's cons con uh, called consulting service for the owner in which we show them what the value of the business without all these idiosyncrasies. So that, that report will go to him so that he can make good decisions. And in general, in a, in a general sense, we can help them uh, develop those uh, processes within the, within the company, like corporate governance, internal controls, that we can help them out in order to make the, the business more valuable and, and more, uh, more efficient. We usually call this to make the bride much more beauty, beautiful, no? Great. Um... Can you can you explain to our audience and and is and I use this this a lot with our clients and, and what's a, what's a what is a benchmark analysis if I'm a seller of my company? Okay, that's a very good question. Benchmark is you know it's a little bit of a I would say complex term and we uh, and in every in everyday life we do benchmarking because if i uh, go and um, sit on on the doctor's office he will take my blood pressure that's a benchmark if they could uh, measure my sugar that's a benchmark so there are ma there are things within in our in our scope of of professional service that we can help them 
compare their performance to other similar companies in the industry. We can do some indicators that we can develop in order for them, are, uh, is my company more profitable than my, than my peers? Is my company growing better than my peers? Is my company worth my investment and my effort and my time that I devote every day into, into the company? There are ways that we can develop. I see, so, you, so what you're saying is that there is data out there that let's say for instance, a client is selling $15 million a year and he exports widgets to Central and South America that I could compare those analysis to see how well I am doing or not doing? Yes, the answer is yes. And we can compare with similar companies that sell widgets to Latin America. We can compare to their peers in Latin America. There is data available to us that we can help the business owners compare him, him, him or herself uh, and his or her company to these other uh, peers or industry uh, that's, a, that's an interesting point because that, that would be very interesting if you were called in to do a benchmark uh, by somebody and then you find out that the owner is basically underpaying himself in comparison to other people in the industry. Because yeah. nor normally owners think of either leaving money in the business to finance, mm -hmm. or in other cases, they expense out everything as much as possible in terms of compensation. So yes. that's an interesting measurement. Great. Um, the 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 other question that I had, which is, uh, it's a question that is relevant today um, with our digital um, changes that are taking place, the the revolution of technology, the revolution of the digital advancement that's been going on through this acceleration because of the pandemic. And it's basically has accelerated this in 10 to 15 years. In saying that, how uh, do you go about valuating uh, an intangible asset? And what, what is an intangible asset? Well, an intangible asset is, is let's call it, Something that I, in my company has, let's call it an asset, that I cannot touch, that I cannot see, that I cannot smell. Basically, I cannot use my senses to identify it. No? Because a machine is a machine, you can touch it, you can hear it. Uh, there are some intangible assets, things that are there, like, like, like there are so many. We can, we can say, hey, listen, do you have a, a technology development within the company? Yes, that's that's a that's an intangible asset. Do you have a good uh, staff and very competent and professional staff? Yes, you have. That's another intangible asset. Your customer list, your customers are an intangible asset. That's why in, in in this era of of social media, there is much more communication with your customers uh, every day. So that's that's important. Do you have a good vendor list? You have good vendors. Do you have a good pricing form from them? We've seen it so many times that, you know, because you have, uh, you pay well to your vendors, then you get better pricing, better terms, uh, and better support, especially when you go through the pandemic, no? That uh, you have some issues with your credit, no? Then, uh, you have your patents, your trademark. That's very important, the trademark. Uh, one thing that we advise owners is that basically sometimes they, they are the business. 
they are the business. So they are so immersed into the business that they, everybody knows uh, Mr. Smith or Mrs. Green and they cannot separate from the business. But at the end of the day, once Mr. or Mrs. Green, they want to retire, then the business suffers dramatically. So that's a, that's a very good point because what you're, what you're um, alluding to is there's a difference between enterprise value and professional value, professional mm -hmm. goodwill. Mm -hmm. we're, we're a CPA firm, lawyers, they have in essence a professional goodwill as opposed to an enterprise value. When you're valuing a business, um, and let, let's talk about in generic terms, how do you delineate between enterprise value versus uh, goodwill? Professional, professional yeah. goodwill, and that's very uh, that's a very good question because we have seen also in the in the medical field, basically we follow our doctors wherever they go. So the practice suffers. So there is a way, there is a methodology that we use in order to separate what part of the total value is by the business owner or by the professional and what part is enterprise value. And from my experience, Ray, I've seen it so many times that in many, many, many instances, 70 to 80% is personal goodwill, personal value. So, and if that person decides to leave the company, decides to, then there's nothing in, in, within, the, within the business. So just, you are putting the business to, for failure, no? So I, I, I made a list while you were saying, and those are interesting points, uh, and I just wanted to point out because there's a lot of thin, interesting things here that you mentioned. So a customer list is something definitely you don't see, uh, it, but it has a value. Supply chain, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. which is your vendors, favorable pricing, um, computer software internally generated. Workforce is an interesting uh, valuation and and because uh, everybody pretty much thinks about trademarks and patents and so on. So that's those are very interesting points. Um, lastly is, um, and this is a, a hot topic that I think, you know, in the next um, evolution of, of years and, and, and our court systems as, as we get out of this pandemic, um, it, it is especially in the, in the litigation support area and how business valuation can help. Um, we've looked at this pandemic as, as in essence an act of man, not an act of God. Mm -hmm. So if it's an act of man, then you would venture to say that your insurance policies that covers a loss of income should ultimately be covering these businesses that has lost uh, mm -hmm. their income because of this pandemic. When, when we're thinking about business valuation or loss of income, ultimately, what's your thought as, as, as time goes on and there's court cases that come up and insurance companies are unable to um, stampede the settlements and there are court cases that win. How do you tell your clients now, a person that has been affected by the pandemic, what do they need to do now while the data is alive in 19 and in 20 to prepare themselves for the case that could happen in the next two or three years? 
And that's a very important question, a very relevant. And I've seen, to, to add to your point, I've seen now in the mergers and acquisition uh, markets that uh, buyers, uh, they are bringing some claims against insurance because the information was not properly prepared, the accounting information was not um, as transparent as, as they, what they thought, or the multiple was, the multiple meaning, uh, you know, the value that they paid was higher than the, the one they, they really thought. So what, what I advise uh, our client is to prepare in three main areas. First, develop and enhance your financial information uh, function all the financial, your accounting, everything in that respect. So, so, let's step, so that means they should go back to 2019, which is their benchmark year, which is a good right. year, right before the pandemic, and make sure that they got good, solid, clean financials that are leading into the pandemic. Yes. The, and, the, and the second part is, develop and enhance your internal controls. Internal controls meaning supervise what the functions of your finance team, your sales teams, because we have seen that there have been what is called opportunistic behavior. If I, you know, if somebody you have to provide all the internal controls processes within the company. And the third thing is develop very well your management team in order to identify any potential problems that they can see or they can foresee within what may have happened within the business. So there are three areas. That we so after they've, they've backed up all the data, so they're effectively going to be measuring their 2020 and 21 to see what loss of, as you said, you know, going back to your list, which is an interesting list, they could look at what, what the loss of the customers are, the loss of their force, workforce, Potentially, their trademark is much less valuable, mm -hmm. or their or their patents because of the the pandemic that has has occurred. Would, would you say that that would be a damage calculation or a loss of income? Uh, that would be a damage calculation because they have lost value for a you know for a act of man, not an act of God. No? And that's where you would come in as an expert not only to produce a report, but to also testify. Testify and, and measure, not provide, you know, transparent and professional and independent uh, information to the court and to the, and to the management team. No? Well, that's fantastic. I, I really want to thank you for your time for, and for your effort. And I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Thank you very much.